Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the authors, books, and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith, their lecturer in philosophy at Catholic Studies Academy here. And uh, we're excited today to do two things. The first thing is to let you know that Dr. Smith's book is available on Amazon. You can get it in the nice, handy little paper format, which uh, for our listeners, um, before the internet, there used to be this stuff called paper. And on this paper, they put words. When they put these <laughs> words on paper together, they called them books. Um, but you can also get Dr. Smith's uh, book also in the Kindle format. And so check it out at Amazon.com. The book is called Understanding Modern Political Ideas, a Guidebook for Christians and Other Patriots. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, great, uh, a great read. It's accessible. Which is always try, which is always difficult now to try to wrap your head around uh, big philosophical, especially when philosophy enters the world of politics. Uh, to try to wrap your head around uh, these ideas, Dr. Smith has done, a, I think, a phenomenal job of not just um, diagnosing some of the issues with problematic philosophical ideas with with regards to politics, but he gives some very good uh, solutions and critiques. Um, but he also does it in an honest way where he doesn't just write them off. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he, he examines them uh, very good. So uh, the other thing we want to do today, uh, another uh, small task, is we're going to tackle the, uh, uh, the topic of uh, providence, uh, especially, you know, during a time of uncertainty or a time mm -hmm. of um, uh, where we, we may think there may be some sort of tribulation i'm not talking about you know like revelation and times things like mm -hmm. that but just you know general uh um sure. uh, uncertainties right between the pandemic mm -hmm. the election mm -hmm. um you know just personal issues that i think people sure. people are going through you right. know with the all the added stress of just everything i think it just kind of throws people uh into a world that they probably never thought they'd find themselves. Right. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I honestly, you know, in 2019, I would have never said, yeah, 2020. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, I mean, the, right. the, the, the most useless thing that, you know, you could have bought this year was a daily planner. Right. right. So, <laughs> nobody, nobody's buying a daily planner for 2021. <laughs> Although I, although I might get that for a gag gift or some for some people. <laughs> right, I like that idea. <laughs> That's cool. All right, but but Dr. Smith, let's go ahead and uh, tackle this um, topic of divine providence. So sure. to, to get us kicked off and to work towards kind of a common definition and a common understanding, so we can um, talk about it. What are what are some of kind of the, the the first things that we have to understand with regards to understanding God as providential? Well, uh, so I think a good place to begin, uh, Jason, is uh, with God and <laughs> with uh, what St. Thomas uh, Aquinas has to say about God. Uh, I think, you know, the, the St. Thomas is, is very instructive and helpful uh, on these matters. Um, St. Thomas, uh, you know, his, his uh, you know, St. Thomas has a lot of works, you know, his his sort of essential go-to work is of course the Summa Theologia. Mm -hmm. uh, it's divided up into different parts. Um, the part where St. Thomas deals with God is in the prima pars, that is the creative name, the first part. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who says scholastics are dry? Come on. That's right. You know, whenever people give me a hard time about having dry titles, I'm like, summary of theology, part one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so anyways, back then, I guess they didn't care about titles having marketing appeal. (laughs) So... um, but uh, it's in the uh, the first part of the of the of the summa, and um, you know, those questions. I think um, it's questions you know, like one through twenty nine. I think if I remember correctly, somewhere around there. Just really masterful uh, um, uh, treatment of questions about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of Saint Thomas's finest work. I think in terms of just deductive logic and yeah. clarity of definition. Um, so in that work, of course, a lot of people are immediately drawn to the early questions, <clears throat> excuse me, about, you know, whether you can prove the existence of God. And of course, St. Thomas, you know, uh, argues that, you know, the existence of God may be known by right reason, there's yeah. reason used properly. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about some of those proofs in the past, so we don't need to belabor it here, but you know, the the general way that those arguments work is they move from effects to a cause. Mm -hmm. They move from what we can observe in the world to a necessary and sufficient explanation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not surprisingly, St. Thomas concludes, you know, like most philosophers historically have concluded, that there must be some sort of first cause, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that there is a a being who is... uh, the cause of all other causes, right? So first cause here doesn't necessarily mean first in a, in a sequence. Right. Um, it doesn't exclude that, but it doesn't, if that's not what the primary is primarily intended. It means that, that, that God is the, the primary cause and all other causes are secondary causes. That is all other causes depend upon the prior causality of God. Um, yeah. And I'm going to stop you right there. Like th- that, what you just said there and you kind of went over it quickly that's something that you know i constantly have to remind myself and when i'm talking with others to try to clarify we're not talking sequential here you know god is not the finger that knocks over the first domino correct um you know so when we're talking about first again it's not this you know sequential pattern where mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. god says something and then da 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 you know it, that's not that's not what we mean it's you know, right not, yeah not in a sequence like that. Yeah, the way to think about it, I think, is to think about it as levels of causality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think about, um, say, um, the way that electrical power works inside of a watch, right? Okay. Uh, that might be something people aren't familiar with. There's a, a thing you put on your wrist, right? <laughs> <laughs> as hands that move across the dial, right? Um, <laughs> you know, tells time. Right up but, there with know, paper. It, it's right, yeah. <laughs> um, but interestingly, right, it's, um, uh, you think about the way a watch works and the, and the way the hands move across the face of the, the watch or the clock. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gears that are at work there, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could talk about the kind of causality that's operated by the gears in the watch, right? right. But that level of, and that's a real level of causality. So that's important, right? Um, the the gears are real causes of the watch working. At the same time, if it's an electrical watch, ultimately those gears and their function depends upon 
the electrical, the electricity stored in the battery, right? Right. It's the, so you have kind of a, a mechanical level of causality and then you have an electrical level of causality. And that's that mechanical level depends upon the, the, the electrical, right? So yeah, sure. That's good. An analogy, but that, that gets you the idea that there are levels of causality, right? Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great way to understand it. I think so. So God is first cause and he's the first cause of all other causes. Um, that's right. That's right. That de- now he doesn't, um, in doing that, he doesn't, uh, God doesn't, um, God's first causality does not negate secondary causality. Mm-hmm. Secondary causality is still causality. It's, it's, right. uh, it's, it's real. It's just dependent causality. Right. Whereas God's causality is independent. Um, you know, God's causality uh, doesn't depend on a prior cause, whereas secondary causes do depend on a prior cause. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, including um, uh, human causality, right? Depends on that uh, primary cause. So only, like, so God alone, right, is fully independent in his causality. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondary causes are real causes, but they are, in fact, dependent causes. Um, so that, that kind of lays, I think, the philosophical kind of groundwork, right, um, to um, um, the, the doctrine of divine providence. Um, does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that? Uh, yeah, Jason, yeah, no, that, 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 yeah, no, there has to be that, that first cause in order to understand any sort, any other intermediate causes mm-hmm. um that so um you know that gives us you know some point of of direction as to understanding god as providence so mm-hmm. um he's the first cause of everything and i know people immediately want to jump to um evil the problem of evil uh <laughs> but we're gonna we're, we'll slowly work there okay, um, okay. but but yeah. uh uh but, but, you know, so, so from there, from understanding God is first cause, how do we make the move then to God is provident? Right? Good. All right. So um, this uh, question is treated, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, beautifully by St. Thomas in question 22 of the first part of the Stuma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, when I <clears throat> teach St. Thomas in uh, undergraduate, like I say, an in introduction to philosophy class, uh, I, um, almost always teach this question uh, because it's one that, that really, you know, stimulates the mind. Um, And, uh, and I think gives you a a picture. It's really interesting. Gives you a a picture of the world that is, is fair, is, is kind of startling, right? There's a tendency, I think among undergraduate students and really for everybody to think, Oh yeah, God and the world. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You know, I believe in God. All right. Or I don't believe in God, or maybe I believe in God. Some days I believe in God, whatever. <laughs> like, but the, but the implications, right. Of believing in God, mm-hmm. right. I think are, are often, um, they're not really grasped right? <laughs> that like what's being implied here, like what's on the table is not just, Oh, I'm going to add one entity to my table of entities of you know what's in the universe, right? It's not like oh okay, well I'll, I'll you know I'll add God, right? You know there's 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 you know, there's Benjamin, there's uh, uh, you know uh, his two sons, there's his friend Jason, and also God, right? Yeah. <laughs> like no, uh, it's it's much it's much more fraught. It's much more um, um, 
laden, right? With yeah, yeah, yeah. consequences that we tend to think. And the question of providence really brings that out, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, St. Thomas, uh, when he's, he's dealing with this, right? So he's already got the background, first causality, mm -hmm. and obviously God's existence. And so he asks, well, um, uh, do, is God provident for things, right? Mm. Whether He asks us whether God is provident for things. And of course, his answer is going to be yes. Why is that the case? So what St. Thomas wants to point to, uh, and again, he's always a good a posteriori, empirically minded, experience oriented kind of guy, uh, which I, I appreciate. Um, you know, he's not into sort of a priori fantasies. Uh, but anyways, the, uh, he, uh, he says, look, the world is ordered, right? Mm -hmm. Effects are ordered, uh, causes are ordered to their effects. Mm -hmm. We don't live in a world of random chaos. Yeah. We don't live in an anarchy. Uh, we live in a well-ordered world, right? So what does this look like? Well, <clears throat> it does just doesn't happen to be the case that acorns give rise to oak trees, right? It's rather that acorns are ordered to giving rise to oak trees, right? Yeah. It doesn't just happen that the eye is perfectly attuned to bringing about sight as an organ, right? Rather, the eye is designed and ordered to the effect of seeing, okay? Um, that's the way St. Thomas sees it. Now, I will concede that there is a, a, a different pros, a, a different possibility. I think it's a self-defeating possibility, mm -hmm. um, but that's the the, the non-teleological world, right? Uh, maybe I need to, to, to find. Yeah. That. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Teleological. So telos is a Greek word, and logic, you know, logia is a Greek word. Teleological means um, structured towards ends, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean ends again in sequence. I mean ends in terms of like purposes or goals, right? right? So St. Thomas, this is true of the entire medieval and ancient world, or almost all philosophers in the ancient medieval world, uh, held the view that the world, the physical world, right, uh, is teleological. That is, it is not random. It mm -hmm. has purpose embedded within it, right? Right. Um, now, the other view, right, is a view you can find in the ancient world, but also in the modern world. Uh, you could have a Lucretian view or a Darwinian view <clears throat> or a view like Democritus, right? So the atomist uh, of the ancient world or the evolutionist uh, of the present times. By evolution here, I'm not simply talking about the idea of one species becoming another, but evolution is the philosophy in which you think the changes are themselves random. Um, so the alternative, you know, with respect to the eye, right, is to say, oh, well, it just shook out that eyes, um, some species through random mutation, uh, random genetic mutation and the collision with the environment, some species developed eyes and eyes are more well adapted towards survival than non-eyes and therefore the eyed animals survive and the non-eyed uh, predecessors did not. Um, and uh, so that's a story you can tell yourself um, if you like. Um, some people do like that. I don't know. Anyways, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> bedtime stories for agnostics, I guess. But, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, St. Thomas has the much more rational view that no, it didn't just shake out that way, right? Yeah. Um, rather, um, the, the world is ordered. Now, I, I want to say, besides kind of uh, being a, a little um, dismissive here, I, I, I want to say more um, seriously and substantially, um, that kind of extreme evolutionist view, extreme random view, mm-hmm. I think is ultimately self-defeating, right? That is, sure. it, it, because what you end up with is a view of rationality that's not necessarily ordered towards truth, right? And if true, if if reason's not ordered towards truth, then science is false or it's yeah. unreliable. And if that's true, so is the, the, the very theory of evolution itself. Uh, so I think, you know, you have to kind of, recognize that extreme evolutionism, maybe I'll, I'll, call, I'll make it an ism uh, to try to clarify what I'm talking about, uh, that extreme random, you know, endorsement of randomness, right? Ultimately undermines the reliability of reason. Um, and if you underlie, undermine the reliability of reason, you also undermine the reliability of science itself. So uh, I don't think it's just a matter of plopping down for St. Thomas because he's a saint. It's actually, that's the rational option. The other option is irrational. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And the 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 job of the extreme um, evolutionist uh, is to try to place an ordered explanation on random chaos. Right. Like yeah. again, when you're talking about self defeating, yeah, you know, th- there's a job that will frustrate you to hell. I mean, like, it's just, right. I mean, what you end up with is. Uh, uh, and this is not uh, a unique way of putting it myself, but uh, the thinker who I, do, I don't normally agree with, uh, he's kind of a, a Protestant philosopher or apologist named uh, Cornelius Van Til. He has a nice way of putting something. He talks about the, the uh, rational, irrational dialectic. And I think that's a good way of talking about the evolutionist, right, uh, on the extreme side where you have, well, like, you know, you have disorder and irrationality and randomness. Yeah. And then you're going to explain it just like you were saying through rationality. Well, look, those are category differences that just you can't overcome that kind of uh, antithesis, right? Right. Uh, so, um, uh, for the record, a rare moment of me saying something affirmative about the thought of Cornelius Van Til <laughs> <laughs> to all my to all my uh, my reformed uh, friends out there. But, uh, anyways, um, the. Um, um, so St. Thomas, right, is, is, you know, with the wise and holds for uh, the, you know, that, that the world is ordered, right? Yeah. And certainly from a Christian perspective, you have to hold that that's the case. You can't hold that God, in, in, you know, just decided, I mean, decided to create things without order <laughs> right yeah. you know like i was just like yeah I'll just throw some matter around and see what happens right? yeah <laughs> it's well, not a jackson pollock painting right yeah well and and the and i think i mean it doesn't even take a christian to understand that i mean the yeah, fact yeah. that we have science books which are ordered mm-hmm. explanations of the world around us or the fact mm-hmm. that we have an entire channel dedicated to the weather Um, like like i mean it's you know when we when we look at something we say you know a hurricane is going to hit um you know new orleans we don't Uh say but it may also hit nevada we just don't know (laughs) like like it's just gonna skip 
Yeah, like, you know, we're going to put Montana under a hurricane watch because of the weather, because nature is so unpredictable. It could literally land. No, we, we know for a fact that a hurricane will never hit Montana. You know, like, so, I mean, yeah. the, 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 when, when you look at the world around you, it's, it's ordered to a certain way to where we're even able to, uh, uh, to predict things with, with fairly clear uh, um, you know, percentages of, of reliability, you know, my, mm-hmm. I, you know, my, I can look up what time the sun will set and what time the sun will rise. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, um, because there's an order to it uh, right. and we just kind of discovered that and begin to make sense of it. And we, mm-hmm. at some point we put it into books and, and right. teach courses on it. It's supremely ordered, you know, it's, right, right. it's you know, so I mean, it's it's something that I think even the the non Christian, you know, sure, it, it's, absolutely, it's so difficult to avoid that you can't. Yeah, I agree. So um, with that premise in place, right? Then we say, okay, well, who is the cause of the order of things? Not just the being of things, but the order of things. Well, God is the first cause of all things, right? Yeah, uh, uh, including their order, right? So um, uh, when you're thinking about being provident, right? Mm-hmm. That's almost like a an, it's a it's almost like a, a simile of the word i think simile is a correct way of putting it um of the word prudence right yeah um you know you are a father so you're prudent over your uh, household right that is there are you don't just sort of <laughs> like when you're a father you don't just sort of like create children and say well hope all this goes well <laughs> you don't just sort of buy a house and just say, hmm, they were done. You know, yep. no, like you have to pay the mortgage <laughs> right? and you have to prepare means to pay the mortgage. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to, you know, maintain the lawn uh, and you have to uh, uh, repair things and get appliances and, you know, get to make sure you're, you're, you pay the electricity bill so that you have electricity coming to your home. Right. There's once you, have a family once you have a home you have to be prudent or provident for it right yeah order the the things in your home and in your family life towards certain ends and this is the key point prepare means to those ends right yeah the the part of prudence is not just to recognize that oh i've got the goal of paying the electricity bill good (laughs) how (laughs) (laughs) does that make sense right yeah and this and this and I was going to say this principle, I mean, it flows into all sorts of different areas of theology as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the catechism has uh, uh, one of my favorite co- quotes is in uh, paragraph 2221 that says the fecundity of conjugal love, right? Fancy mm-hmm. way. of There's some <laughs> words to impress your friends at Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. If you can have that, uh, the fecundity <laughs> of conjugal love, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't canceled. <laughs> that's right. It's all, it's all canceled. Impress them on zoom. Right. Uh, but, but, but that the, the fruitfulness of marital love doesn't uh, terminate in just bringing the child into existence, right. But extends into uh, the, the moral formation and education of the children. So mm-hmm. it's, it's their, it's their continued development that, the maintenance, if you want to put it that way, you know, that even the maintenance falls within um, uh, that aspect of it. So you see this kind of, uh, uh, this, this idea of providence, you know, really making its way through. Right. Uh, uh, and you can look at all the sacraments in that way. I mean, you know, uh, you know, 
why does God, you know, there's a re or there's a reason why God gives us, you know, the gifts of the Holy spirit at baptism sure. and confirmation. Right. right. Uh, uh, they're not just nice symbols or something like that, but they're actual things to, uh, uh, to keep alive the grace that he has given us in that particular mm -hmm. sacrament and to, to do more yeah. and go beyond that. So sure, that's the life of the sacraments. I mean, all of that stuff, right. Is God prepares, not just the ends, but the right. means to the ends. Right. Yeah. Um, and that belongs to his first causality. Right. Um, so, uh, so it's not an accident, right. That the eye is ordered towards seeing whether yeah. God willed that man be a seeing kind of animal and therefore created eyes, right? Yeah. Um, that's, you know, we could have been like bats. It would be disturbing, but, you know, <laughs> you know at least just kind of, maybe there's some problems with that, saying that, but, you know, you could, you, you could kind of imagine anyways, just at the level of imagination, a sentient bat, um, you know, and, uh, and, and it not be eyed, but that was not God's will for us, yeah. right? And so, um, uh, you know, providentially, right? Um, God prepared the means. Now, again, that's, you know, that could give you a mistaken view, though, that in providence, we're just talking about the design of nature. Mm -hmm. But that's not true, right? Yeah. God is the first cause of every effect. Right? Set, let's set that sink yeah. in. God is the first cause of every effect. He's not the only cause, but yeah. he is the first cause, Right. That mean, that includes. Let me ask you, uh, Jason. Um, when you um, um, make a decision about going to work in the morning, is that an effect? Sure, absolutely. Okay. So the conclusion is God is the first cause, first cause. right, <laughs> of you going to work in the morning, right? That yeah. act of going to work in the morning, God's the first cause of it, right? Um, God's the first cause of every change, of every effect, of every action and every passion, right? And so um, you gotta, like, that's, that's kind of heavy, right? But that's it true, is. right? And that means that God is also the cause of the means to that effect, right? Mm -hmm. If providence is true, right? Mm -hmm. He's also the cause of the secondary causes. He didn't, uh, all of them, both those that are stable, relatively stable in the design of nature, but also those that are, uh, contingent right mm -hmm. within your own life or within history or within the uh, political life of a country right all of those things right are um subject to god's providence right when thomas asked does 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 providence include everything he says well providence goes as far as causality and since yeah. god's causality covers everything God's providence covers everything, right? Um, not just the design of nature, that's, that's important, but also history, right? And the, the story of mankind, right? Yeah, well, and I think to sometimes, you know, ask the, 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 the converse question, okay, so if it's, if it's difficult to say that, or if it's difficult to understand that God is the first cause of everything, ask, the, the other question, what, if I were to determine what is outside of God's providence, what would that list be? That's, that's, I think a harder thing to, to grasp yeah, than to, than sure. to say, I don't know. I really, I don't really understand how, but everything has to be in God's providence because right. I can't make a list, like start listing things that are not mm -hmm. in God's providence. Well, right. 
uh, the wood of my hat. Uh, nope, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you know, like you, you can't. So uh, maybe it's a, a, a first, maybe it's a, a beginning way to understand that sure. everything is in there. So, Try to make a list of things that fall outside of God's promise. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and the way to see that you're that nothing's going to fall out. That's where it's a great way of approaching it, Jason. Is to ask, well, what is it that escapes God causality? And and ask that mm-hmm. is to ask, oh, so what is it that doesn't depend on God, right? And 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 there you want to say nothing. Yeah. Right. Like everything depends on God. So maybe you need that double negative, right, <laughs> to, to to boot you over into uh, seeing it the right way, but everything depends upon God uh, mm-hmm. in his first causality. And therefore everything is subject to his providence. Right. Yeah. I, get, I want to illustrate this with two, two examples. I think might sure. be helpful. Uh, let's go with a positive one first. Um, a lot of people have had uh, the experience in their lives of uh, maybe ha- uh, encountering a, a mentor, maybe a teacher or a coach or a, mm-hmm. a priest or a pastor, right. Who has uh, put a lot of time and energy into them and who really helped them grow in a significant way, right? Yeah. So we've all had this, you know, I think about my father, I think about the pastor of the little church I grew up in, um, you know, certain teachers, you know, uh, through my life, certain friends um, who acted as, as, as mentors, right? In, in a kind of unequal friendship, right? And that, and that you experienced the deep growth, right? Uh, out of, um, uh, out of that experience. And you might look back on it, right? And say, you know, in the, out of that relationship, I became a more mature man, yeah. or I became a more prudent man, or I became a man who cared about virtue. And, you know, uh, you might be grateful for that. And you might see, okay, the means of me growing in virtue in that instance was this coach or this teacher or this, you know, parent. Um, Okay, that is providence, right? God brought that about, mm-hmm. right? You know, he prepared not just the effect, you growing in virtue, but he also prepared the means to the effect, namely yeah. this particular relationship. Does the, and so you would say, that's the work of God. That was part of providence. Um, you know, thanks be to God, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you can also, you know, put that with, you know, the the understanding that we were just talking about that, you know, that the, the, the relationship between the cause and effect that for this, you know, for this person, you could say, you know, like it it seems at least that this person found with regards to this part, again, part of God's will that this person found that end that this Mm -hmm. person, you know, again, an intermediate end, not, uh, you know, the final end or anything like that, but, 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 this, there was a realization to, uh, there was kind of a, a, a finding a point where th- they went from kind of that, um, you know, uh, potentiality, or I don't know if you want to say that, but but kind of one cause uh, to an effect to another cause. And you can really see the chain in that way and mm-hmm. how it makes sense. Right. And, I, and I think, you know, those are, those are easy because it seems that the, the causes and the effects are good. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're good. Yeah, and, yeah. That's right. Good. Yeah. Uh, but important here, I think, to recognize. Of course, you know, if it's a particular, uh, you want to, you want to recognize the causality, the secondary cause, right? Yeah. That is, you want to recognize, you know, the the mentor who helped you, but you also recognize uh, that the mentor who helped you did so ultimately because God, right, 
um, cause the mentor to help you, right? Yeah. And 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 so uh, you know, all, all you know, all glory to God, right? In the in the final analysis there, um, so that it's the it's you know, um, I love that passage in in, in sacred scripture uh, where it, you know says that it's the it's the Holy Spirit working in you both to will and to do, right? Yeah. You get that, you know, <laughs> not just to intend, but to act, right? Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a powerful passage, I think. And, and I think that's that's the case with, with divine providence. Let's take a different case, it's harder. Um, the, um, um, let's, talk, let's think about a betrayal maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a friend and, um, that friend is somebody who, you know, you've been a good, uh, good friends, uh, uh, played an important role in your life. You know, it's been a mutually beneficial relationship, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but then, you know, and, and you, you trust that person, um, and that person, uh, happens to be somebody who's involved in financial investments, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, you, um, come into some money and you're not exactly sure what to do with it yourself. Right. And so, because, you know, you have a friend who does have some financial expertise, you entrust that money to your uh, friend, right. To invest on your behalf. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and do so with a, a you know, a clear conscience and then a, and a happy, you know, happy to have somebody that you trust take care of it. Cause you don't really know what to do with it. Right. And sure. so, um, you, uh, you, you know, you're, you're prudent enough that you like, well, I don't want to just blow the money. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to blow the money on my bass fishing boat, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, but anyways, uh, so the, um, so you entrust your, that money to your friend to invest on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, unbeknownst to you, your friend is a con artist. And he and, buys the best boat. And he, he buys the best boat. That's right. <laughs> Unknown to you, your friend is actually a villain, right? Yeah. <laughs> in that side, in that side, right? And and so uh, you eventually like uh, you try to get the money back, and you can't you can't find your friend. He's disappeared. He doesn't yeah. return your calls. You know he's fled to a foreign country, etc. Um, the obviously you're going to experience a lot of negative things. One, you've experienced the loss of mm. your private property. Uh, you're going to feel angry uh, for sure. You're also going to feel sad, sorrow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those Little sorts loss. of things. Right? Yeah. Uh, so there, there are going to be changes, effects that have happened in your life, loss of property, um, the okay, uh, an increase in anger, experience of anger, etc. Right, yeah. um, pain at betrayal, right, uh, grief, you know, at the at the loss of a friendship. Um, those are those are effects, right? So, is God related? Are, are those effects related to God? Yeah. Yeah, they have to be, right? Because God is the first cause of every effect. Everything, yeah. <laughs> Nothing is outside of the providence of God. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and so God prepares not just the effects, but the means to the effects. Yeah. So, you know, your friend's uh, fraud and betrayal, um, that was part of providence too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's hard. So I know we don't want to just talk about the problem of evil, but we got, got to yeah, talk about to. it a little bit. Yeah. And and I, I think, you know, um, you might, you know, I think it's fair to say in such a case, and if you pray the Psalms, this kind of comes across, right? Mm. Um, you know, if God, um, what are you up to? <laughs> I think that's a, and I think it's totally legitimate, right? I think it's totally legitimate for us to say, I don't get this. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? And it's really interesting, Jason. If, again, if you pray the Psalms faithfully, it's never the perspective of the psalmist to think, oh, well, God's not in control of that part. <laughs> right. Yeah. That part of that part of the history of Israel, you know, God's not really involved there. Right. No, it's never like it's, there are times where, where God uh, brings the people of Israel low, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Brings them into captivity. That wasn't an accident. That was yeah. part of God's plan, right? And and the Israelites at the time were like, what? What, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? But the, 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 nowhere on the radar was the yeah. perspective of, well, this part wasn't really God, right? Yeah. Um, that's just not the, the, the view of the Bible, not the view of the Psalms. Um, so, you have to have a view of providence robust enough to include the betrayal of your friend, to include the captivity of ancient Israel, right? To include the times where Israel fell away from God, right? And yeah. worshiped idols in the high places. Um, so, um, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a necessary part of the picture. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one of the, one of the things that you said earlier, I think is, or for me, it's one of the the keys to wrapping your 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 mind around this situation, uh, where you know, bad things are happened. Yet, God is still provident. God is still good. Right. God is mm -hmm. still is 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 what you said earlier about God. God may be the first cause, but is He the only cause? No. No. And I think that's some. I, I think that's sometimes where where people can fall into. Uh, kind of this this blame game with God. Right. Well, he could have stopped it, so he and so he didn't, which means he doesn't care. And then, as you know, and again, so ask yourself kind of the question: Okay, what if God, you know, did stop it in that way? Well, he'd be he'd be violating much of the order that he created in the world. Sure, sure. and that order is good. Right. Uh, right. It just so happens that that part of that order allows for mm -hmm. uh, uh, bad things to happen. Yes, that's and, right. And, and, I th and I think one of the things that, you know, just talking about it, talking about the reasonableness of all this, that if God were to create order, but then interject into human history every time something bad was going to happen uh -huh. or something right. we perceive bad was going to happen, right. that would, in effect, make the world complete disorder. That's right. Exactly. Because, Irrationality introduced. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. And I think Jason, that's, that's key to, to, to remember. And I think it's also key and this is tough. You know, I get the toughness of it, Yeah. but you just can't accept God's first causality. Right. And, and deny the hard side of this. Right. Yeah. Cause then basically you're saying there's this part of the world where God's not the first cause. Right. There's this part of reality where God's not really in charge. Yeah. Right. And nope. You know, um, that doesn't work. Sorry. Like metaphysically, that's absurd. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I grant that it's tough to accept that when your friend betrays you, it's part of God's plan, but it's part of God's plan. 
Um, yeah. Now, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to just read here. I know that's not great podcasting practice, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read here what St. Thomas has to say. And Jason, I'll, I'll get, uh, maybe you could put a link in sure. uh, for our, our listeners. This is in uh, question 22 of the Summa, um, article two. Mm-hmm. And then if you, know, if you know anything about the way St. Thomas writes in the Summa, he writes um, uh, in a way that includes objections and replies to objections. So he asks the question, and then he lays out very uh, his own answer. But then he also looks at uh, alternative views and, and tries to refute those alternative views. Mm-hmm. And so he brings up the objection. So in the question two, he asks the question, whether all things are subject to God's providence, right? Mm. And of course, he answers an affirmative and says, you know, um, that, yeah. you know, the providence it goes as far as causality. God's causality covers all. Therefore, um, God's providence covers all. But then, of course, he anticipates the objection, right? Well, God can't be the source of evil. God can't cause evil, uh, and and evil happens. So God's uh, providence must not include evil, right? Yeah. And and Thomas says, well, <laughs> you know, uh, I object. <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> so uh, to the second, so I'm just going to read this. Sure. And maybe stop along ways, but he says it is otherwise with one who has care of a particular thing and one whose providence is universal. Because a particular provider excludes all defects from what is subject to his care as far as he can, whereas one who provides universally allows some defect to remain, lest the good of the whole should be hindered. Mm. It's an interesting thing to think about, right? Um, like say, imagine you're running a company, right? Um, if you're the, the, you know, the CEO, right? you're going to recognize that some departments are going to get more attention than others, right? Some employees are going to get more benefits than others. Um, Some are going to get more resources than others. Um, That uh, in order for the whole thing to work, you can't, you can't make it be the case that, that there's no lack at all. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, That that sort of thing. Right. That's what St. Thomas has in mind here. Hence corruption and defects in natural things are said to be contrary to some particular nature. So what he has in mind is like, so my eyes, right, are obviously mm-hmm. bad eyes because that's the reason why I wear glasses, right? Okay, so uh, hence corruption and effects in natural things are said to be contrary to some particular nature. It's contrary to the nature of the eyes to be deficient in mm-hmm. seeing, but that's the way it is. Yet they are in keeping with the plan of universal nature. Yeah. Inasmuch as the defect in one thing yields to the good of another, or even to the universal good. So that's the key thing here, right? Inasmuch as the defect, right, in one thing yields to the good of another, or even to the universal good. For the corruption of one is the generation of another. And through this, is, it is that a species is kept in existence. So think about the relationship between um, the wolf and the rabbit. Right. Mm. (laughs) That the the fact that there are rabbits, I mean, the fact that there are are wolves, for there to be wolves, it includes that some rabbits be eaten by Mm -hmm. wolves. Right. Um, Now, obviously, the rabbits are not in favor of that. If you if they could if you could ask them and they could respond, right. Um, But it's for the good of the whole universe that there are both rabbits and wolves. Right. 
And if there's going to be the good of wolves, then there's going to be the suffering of rabbits. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just that way. Right. If there, uh, another way, another example is if there's going to be the good of our climate and atmosphere, then there's going to occasionally be the evil of someone's house being flooded. Yeah. Right. Because our atmosphere is such that sometimes uh, as good as it is for the whole, when you think about how wonderful it is in terms of, of creating uh, goods for us to eat uh, or food, you know, agriculturally, um, uh, there's going to be torrential downpours, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, 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 and which can cause localized flooding and the destruction of your home, right? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and even the fact that you know what you knew that when you built your house on the beach, that was, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that, that was a risk you took. That's right. Like you don't build your, you don't, you don't. That's why they build them on stilts because on stilts. they foresee, they have <laughs> the, the providence to see. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was down in Texas. It was funny. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, so um, <laughs> keep going here. I'm almost done. Yeah. Um, since then, God provides universally for all uh, being. It belongs to his providence to permit defects in particular effects that the perfect good of the universe may not be hindered. For if all evil were prevented, much good would be absent from the universe. Yeah. A lion would cease to live if there were no slaying of animals. And there would be no patience of martyrs if there were no tyrannical persecution. Thus, Augustine says, uh, Almighty God would not in no wise permit evil to exist in his works unless he were so almighty and so good as to produce good even from evil. Yeah. It, appear, it would appear that it was on account of these two arguments to which we have just replied that some, uh, okay, so I'll just stop there. Um, yeah. That's a really powerful passage, I think, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the most powerful ones because another, another way to look at it is to say, you know, God is so provident and loving and good that he has the ability to bring about an even greater good right. from a smaller evil. Right. And that and that the world is ordered in such a way that if that smaller evil or maybe even a great evil had not existed, it would not have been able to bring about this great good. Sure. And I mean, there's a whole lot of trust happening right there. If that's, if right. You, <laughs> that's what if I was you saying about, yeah. about, you know, the deep implications of affirming the existence of God, right? It brings in a whole different view of yourself, of history, of your, your personal life, right? Uh, all those sorts of things, right? Because this, you know, this extends not just to your personal life, like your, the betrayal by your friend, right? Mm-hmm. This extends to the history of nations, right? Yeah, and I think very, very instructive, right? That what Saint Thomas is bringing up here, and by the way, Saint Thomas's view on this is is by no means uh, unique. Um, this is a very standard classical view. This saying that there would be no. Uh, I want to make sure I can say this again correctly. Uh, there would be uh, no patience of martyrs if there were no tyrannical persecution, right? Uh, the patience of martyrs, right? Um, yeah. That's a great good. You know, the church historically has looked back on the early martyrdoms uh, under the, under Roman persecution, right? 
as really being, you know, the sort of the, the, the sources of, of the, of the growth and holiness of the church, right? Yeah. The seeds of faith, right? Yeah. That's absolutely. I mean, the glory of the martyrs was something um, celebrated, you know, by, by Christians as, as really kind of being like the, the, the energy, the force, right. That eventually overcame the paganism of the Roman empire. Yeah. Um, And, you know, if you think about it in that way, the, the patience of the martyrs was a great good, right. And persecution is evil. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, when you think about the, you know, religious persecution, denying their religious Liberty, denying their ability to worship, you know, the one true God that's evil. Yeah. Um, but God brought great good out of it. Yeah. And, and if, okay. So if nobody, now, if you've listened this far, you must like what we're saying, but if you if you forget yeah. it all, don't forget this line again from Thomas, we'll put it up, you know, saying for, if all evil were prevented, much good would be absent from the universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a, that's a key line. And I think maybe a good analogy, my wife and I, we were talking to um, some other parents and we were talking about the the one of the one of the many frustrations of being a parent uh-huh. is that is that the, the, there's this idea that we we want to we want to give our kids a a a good holy life and we want to give them you know all the great things that the world has to offer that God has to offer and but but we're sitting there realizing that much of the things we want to give them it's only going to come through them struggling through parts of life. Sure. And, and that's one thing that's difficult for us to deal with is watching Mm -hmm. our children suffer in any way. But because we're Christian, we understand that, you know, suffering has redemptive value. And sometimes, you know what, the only way to, to become a patient person is to go Mm -hmm. through the trials of actually being patient. I'm saying I have no idea what's going on, but you know, here it is. That's good. You know, but but I mean, like again, if you if you look at the athlete, you know, the suffering uh, of the athlete sure. makes sense because we know the end. Uh, mm-hmm. We know the end to which they're trying to get. But you know, sometimes our kids don't always see. We're trying mm-hmm. to teach them things like moderation, so we're like, no, the you know, a fifth soda is not uh, <laughs> is not is violating providence, uh, uh, you know, uh, prudence, you know, or something like that, or temperance, you know, temperance. So, um, so I mean, like, but but our kids, we can't just you know give them temperance. They have to yeah. they have to go through that, and so they're to them though, it's this great suffering, this great evil sure. that we are we're denying them the good which they think they see uh, mm-hmm. in, in the soda or something like that. Right, right, and and right. again, and, and I, I love the, the other line in this that I think, you know, really kind of should hopefully kind of give us a, a way to contextualize it all is when it, when it's talking about um, the, the perfect good of the universe, that the perfect good of the universe may not be hindered. That, mm-hmm. that again, God being first cause He's created the universe in such a way to where it to where it is aimed towards mm-hmm. uh, perfection, and mm-hmm. you know where every every part of creation is a means towards that. That's right. That's right. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's 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 really key, right? Is that there is a a perfect goal out there, right? Um, that uh, that God is intending, and you can think about that both in kind of like a 
relatively stable sense about like the perfection of the system of the world or yeah. the perfection of the design of the world. And I think that's certainly true when you bring in kind of heaven, hell, um, the beatific vision, all those sorts of things. Right. Sure. But also, and maybe, maybe more importantly, right. Is the perfection of the narrative, right. That mm. is the perfection of redemptive history. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, all of this is part of God's uh, plan of redemption and bringing about, you know, uh, the triumph of the city of God, bringing about, you know, um, the kingdom of God in its fullness, right? Mm. In its mm-hmm. perfection um, with the return of Jesus Christ. So I think, um, you know, uh, that's that's something that has to be borne in mind too when we think about, right, things like um, persecution, right? The persecution of Christians, you know, we shouldn't go looking for it, right? I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I occasionally have some some friends, you know, who were looking at the state of the world, think, well, you know, civilization is just going to have to fall completely, and and then the church can rise from the ashes. And my response to that kind of thing is like, okay, I mean, like if it comes to it, fine, but I'd really like to avoid the ashes. You know, and so, you know, like I'm not looking for persecution here, but yeah. if persecution comes, right, it's part of the narrative, right? It's part yeah. of it's part of the plan. Yeah, um, and you and, even and you even find that in Saint Paul, you know, when he says, you know, uh, uh, God gave them up to their sinful desires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know that again, it's not part of the plan, but it. it St. Paul even still puts kind of the emphasis there on, on, on sure. God. Right. That's you know, right. Allowing yeah. that. So when you're thinking about sort of the history of nations, yeah. kind of uh, start to wrap up here, but it's important to keep that in mind when you think about the history of nations, history of our own country, of the United States of America, of the changes it's gone through and is going through. Um, that's part of God's plan. Uh, even if it looks like the change, changes are bad, Right. Yep. And certainly there's a lot in American culture and a lot in American politics that, you know, causes, you know, the wise and the good to tremble. Um, but um, nevertheless, you know, um, uh, it, it is part of God's plan. Um, and we may not understand it. We may not like it. We may yeah. contend against it. But um, uh, we we um, we have to sort of still see it that way. It's also and this is what I want to f- finish with. It's also part of God's plan that you still do your part. So uh, it's important that if, even if providence includes uh, persecution, obviously we're not to support that persecution. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, because God has arranged that you're a Christian. God has caused you to be a Christian. God has caused you to uh, be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and so it's your duty, right? Uh, it's your place to, to contend for Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to contend for uh, the Christian faith. Um, even in the face of persecution, um, you know, uh, to keep honoring uh, God and remaining faithful. Um, so, you know, in, in part, maybe that's even why God has permitted, right, the, the tyranny of the persecution, so that you'll have the opportunity, <laughs> right, to the occasion, right, to exercise contending for the faith uh, with fortitude yeah. uh, and in the face of danger, Um Right there's uh, to, you know as as you were talking about, having the, so that you can develop the patience of the martyrs right <laughs> um, you know and if we see it's holy in them 
then it should also be holy in us, right? Uh, yeah. As well, you know. Um, so you know, no despair just because your nation is is in a it, within providence. Your nation may be going through something that is evil, that is it does mark a decline, right? Does mm-hmm. does mark a corruption? Um, but even so, right? Uh, it's still your place to contend for the faith uh, and and to exercise patience and uh, to uh, avoid despair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you know, for me, the two things is you know when you look at uh, sacred scripture. I mean, those that found favor with God were found favor with God because of their fidelity. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just in the some of the small miracles and you know the gospels. Mm-hmm. You know, right, your right. faith has saved you. You know, or you right. know some of the big things like you know uh, Abraham and Isaac. You know, mm-hmm. it's fidelity that God is looking for. And you know, to use the words of Pope Benedict, you know, success is not one of the names of God. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, right. I really like that line. So, you know, God has asked us to be faithful. Um, right. You know, the other thing is, you know, the, the, the trust, right. There, there has mm-hmm. to, and this goes along with faith that there, there, you know, in these times I found my own, my, myself, you know, trusting in God uh, more and more because nothing mm-hmm. is uh, uh, nothing or, or a lot of things are, are not making sense. Uh, and the, sure. the, the direction to which I am going or our world is going, our country is going, it's hard, it's hard to see, you know, so there mm-hmm. has to be some trust, you know, in the one that's uh, driving this car, you right. know, that, that he knows where he's going and I don't, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, so, right. so, right. you know, so I think, you know, to me, it's those two things. So trust, you know, and then, you know, focus on, you know, uh, the faith, you know, and I think those two will, you know, help you. And, and also, like you said, you know, to to understand that, you know, there was good that came out of the martyrs. There was Correct. good that came out of the persecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, yeah, we just, again, this is why we say, you know, thy will be done. That's right. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, I think we've given our listen, listeners a lot to think about. And, and go read uh, question 22 there in the Summa. And we'll put a link to it there in our show notes. Um, to, to point our listeners to, uh, it's, it's rich. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, really rich. Uh, and so in the meantime, I want to invite once again, our listeners, uh, check out Dr. Smith's, uh, book on Amazon, understanding modern political ideas, a guidebook for Christians and ideas. And you can check out his courses in philosophy over at catholicstudiesacademy.com. So until next time, God bless.